episode 91, Better Infant Sleep Strategies. I'm your host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, and today we're Christine McCutcheon's perspective. Join 2017 Podcast Awards nominated host, Dr. Justin Trosclair, as he gets a rarely seen look into the specialties of all types of doctors and guests, plus marketing, travel tips, struggles, goals, and relationship advice. Let's hear a doctor's perspective. Welcome back to the show. Well, something interesting happened. Apparently, my apartment complex that I'm in had a leak in one of the pipes. So this past week in August, they had a guy downstairs actually taking pipe, creating the grooves on the inside, on the outside, connecting them, and running brand new pipes, six stories, uh, drilling through the brick walls. It was it was a mess. Kind of impressive. And, and what they used to go up and down the side of the building is just a rope, uh, almost kind of like... Kind of like if you were rappelling down a mountain. Similar to that, but uh, hoo-wee. Definitely not OSHA approved. Uh, fear would be in my mind. It's crazy. Anyway, just thought that was interesting since it's happening. But today we have a certified sleep consultant. We're going to discuss different ways to help your baby sleep through the night. Like what age is it appropriate where they can sleep six hours or 11 hours? Is 11 hours even possible? What about pacifiers or soothers? Nunnies, whatever you want to call it. Should we use those or not? Uh, white noise, dark rooms. How do you swaddle? Why do you swaddle? Is it important? Co-sleeping. Of course, that's bad, but we'll talk about it a different way. And then, of course, you know, she's got two kids. She's, she had a job. She's transitioning to just doing this full time. And she wrestles with, you know, how do you balance the, all the time frames? And then do you, you feel guilty when you have your free time and then you don't use it on your business? You know, so... Uh, it's a good conversation. We even make jokes about coffee somewhere in the interview about when uh, we're talking about marketing. Uh, it was a good time. Hope you like it as well. All the show notes are at doctorsperspective.net slash 91. Let's go hashtag behind the curtain. Live from China and Alberta, Canada. Woo! Today's guest is going to be a little bit different. She's not a doctor, but she's got some expertise that we want to pick her brain about because, hey, Sleeping is important. So welcome to the show, Christine McCutcheon. Thank you. I'm excited. We had one person that had anything to do with sleeping and they were selling beds. And that oh, was That's yeah, they were selling beds. Bit of difference, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that could be something we'll definitely ask, you know, what are we looking for in a bed and all this kind of stuff. But let's chat about, you know, sleep consulting, that's a different avenue in life. So mm-hmm. what made you get into this? What's the backstory and kind of bring us to today? Sure. Well, like my backstory is actually a little bit different. I find the most sleep consultants that for me, like it really, of course, started off that I've got two kids and I was that mom who was up all through the night with my first kid. And it was right around that four months where like a lot of sleep changes for a lot of parents. A lot of parents now find that around four months they're having a lot of sleep issues. I was that mom. I was up like 20 to 30 times a night with her. And I found like, I just felt like there had to be a better way. And I really kind of introduced myself into the sleep training world. And by the time I had my second child, I really kind of had things figured out. And I was starting to kind of give like fake plans to my friends because they were always coming to me for sleep advice. And I kind of, I was on mat leave at the time. And I kind of jokingly said to my husband, I should become a sleep consultant. And right away, he was like, yes, that's, that's what's happening. At this point, like I was on that leave from my full-time job, like a job that wasn't necessarily a family-friendly sort of environment. 
So we were really looking for like a window where I could potentially be able to quit. And I kind of jumped into sleep consulting at that time and ended up getting certified, of course. And that's kind of how I came here now. Like it really is different that I find that most consultants end up hiring a consultant and then the consultant changes their lives. And that's why they decide I'm going to become one. But mine's a little bit different than that. Very interesting. So when you're talking about sleep consultants, moms, I'm assuming they're one of the, probably the bigger audiences out there. Is there a an official accreditation board or is it kind of like a yoga where you go to classes and you learn and then you can actually get more and more certified in like different techniques about like, what are some of the things that you have to, to learn? Well, officially, anybody can say that they're a sleep consultant and they don't have to be certified. Okay. But of course... Most parents, they want to see a certification behind it, right? That um, I'm certified through Jammy Time, and it's a Calgary-based consultant that she started about six years ago, and then she's created her own certification program. Oh. And that's kind of how a lot of them go. There's, of course, some big ones in the States, and you can, of course, continue to take multiple certifications throughout all these different sleep courses. But and there is one major one that it's usually like the sleep sense one you see a lot. The sleep sense is like the biggest one of all the consultants. But and the really the big difference is it's the approaches that you use. And as long I find that as long as you're certified in one that you believe in and you believe in the approaches, that's all you really need. And it's more the expertise and the experience that you get that become like that gives you the specialization in the field. What is a good age? To start considering like something's going on. They're not sleeping good. Four months, like you said, are we talking more like two years old? Is there six years old? They're wet in the bed or something? I find that really the earlier, the better. I start clients at around like that 10 to 12 week age. Before oh. that, like newborn sleep is a totally different ball game that really you can work on getting healthy sleep habits, but it's really so all over the place with newborns that it's best to wait till about three months. Okay. But starting healthy sleep habits, like from the beginning, is usually the easiest way. Like I do work with clients right up to the age of like six or seven, and of course, like it's I always say it's never too late. You can always work on sleep habits, but usually the earlier the better, just because it's it goes smoother that way. Okay, so there's like a process where you have to wean them to two, three hours, six hours. Well, I don't know how long a kid sleeps. Maybe eight hours max. <laughs> <laughs> As a baby, I don't really know. If you're lucky to get five, what's a goal that we could be we could be shooting for here? That's a great question, actually, because there's a lot of different information out there. Like you'll see that a full night's sleep for like a six month old is six hours consecutively. That's not my opinion. My opinion is getting that eleven to thirteen hours overnight. Whoa! That once they hit about that four months, three to four months, that's what I want. And then, of course, the daytime sleep throughout the day to be really good as well. So I think that a lot of parents are shocked by that, that they think that if they're getting a good like five or six hour stretch, they're doing pretty good. But really, we want close to double that. And that's what your child needs as well. Wow. And this is obviously not the kid crying itself to sleep and those types of things. Well, and that's like one of the biggest misconceptions, I think, of sleep training, that, of course, the cried out method is a method of sleep training. But that's at least the majority of consultants. That's not a approach that they necessarily support. Isn't it bad for their kids' psyche? 
Like, it's like they get abandoned and they just quit crying because they're like, ah, nobody's coming and get me. Well, and you hear that all the time, right? And Is that's that true? Great about. There's a million and a half articles talking about how you can find both sides of it. My okay. opinion is that it does not have long-term effects. Of course, you could find a million articles telling me that that's not true, but you, it's really back and forth. And the, I believe that the scientific evidence is showing that it doesn't cause long-term effects, but really when it comes to it, like I find that most parents want to be in the room as much as possible or being next to their child as much as possible. And that's the approach that I use. Of course, you can do the cry it out approach. And, you know, it's a pretty effective approach, but it's it's really I know it's really hard on parents. And it's it's definitely the most crying of any method out there. It's got to be loud, too. Oh. Loud for sure. And I would think that it's pretty hard to listen to, at least especially for brand new parents with a little baby. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. I would. Feel, I mean, depends on how it plays out. You might just be like, no, this kid just needs to be trained. I got to get some, I'm going to lose my mind. But it seems to me, it's like, oh, it seems so cruel. I know cruel is maybe a tough word to use, but gosh, because you know the kid's crying as you just go in there and jiggle this little baby and give it a kiss. Maybe, maybe, you know, it'll stop. And they're like, oh, okay. And then, but like, man, that's the whole point. I don't want it to keep coming out of here every couple of hours. <laughs> well, and I have no judgment. If parents want to do the cry it out, it works. And sometimes that is to the point where you get, you're like, I cannot do this anymore. And this is the way that it's going to be. But in those situations, I always find that like talking, even just chatting with a sleep consultant might give you other options, especially if you're not comfortable with the crying out, but you feel like that's where you're backed into a corner. But it's definitely an option and it's and it works. So there's no judgment there. Just put them in the, uh, the sheet closet, close the door and just go sleep on the other <laughs> half of the house with your earbuds in. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to put earbuds in or jump in the shower or something, right? <laughs> I'm making jokes, but parents probably be like, it's not funny, Justin. It's not funny one bit. You'll find out soon. Yeah, it'll come back to bite you in a few weeks. Yeah, I'm going to come back and listen to this because by the time you come out, like I'll be in the midst of that, that, that second <laughs> month of crying and feeding. and oh, You'll be like, uh, oh, yeah, I understand it now. Yeah, exactly. I should have been more concerned. <laughs> What's one or two easy to implement things that we can do, but definitely has like drastic changes? You know, for everyone, I would say that darkness, like in your room, is really underrated. That hmm. I usually ask my clients how dark their child's room is, and I want it to be like a nine or a 10 out of a, like a one to 10 darkness scale. Like I barely want you to even be able to see your hand in front of your face. Cool. Like, and if there's like a light on your clock or on like your PVR or something, if you've got a TV in your room, like even taping that over is pretty important that just the tiniest bit of light can actually make a huge impact on your sleep. And I don't think people really realize that, that getting oh. your room as dark as possible can make like a really big change pretty soon. And other than that, like probably white noise, white noise is like my biggest sleep tip, especially for children huh. that I and it has to be something like consistent, something that's like, you know, like those ones where, you know, it's the waves or like the crickets. You don't want, in the sure, yeah, you don't want um, crickets and waves. Yeah, you don't want any of that. You just you want, want Exactly. Just like that. And playing all night long. And I listen to it all night. My kids listen to it all night. And I find that it really, really makes a difference. Even just to cue your body to sleep, 
and then to drown out the background noise if there's any. Does that mess them up later? Because, I don't know, sometimes I see people where they always have to sleep with noise. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you've got to have the radio on to sleep? <laughs> Isn't that get annoying when you're, like, not, like, at a certain age, you know, you have to do that? Does it set you up to always kind of need noise, though? It doesn't necessarily set you up to need it. I do think that there is at least a part of you that can rely on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't consider it like a sleep prop or anything like that, though. And if you are concerned about it, what you could do is if you're wanting to cut it out, you could just turn it down a little bit over a few days and then gradually get rid of it that way. But I find that it's the easiest one to just reciprocate like in any situation mm-hmm. that I have just like an app on my phone or I bring my kids sleep machines and it's really not a big deal. Okay. And, I, and it's just to, like the benefit of it queuing to sleep is just really great. Not to mention that you could also set an alarm or the, the reverse alarm where it shuts it off after yeah. like a couple of hours or whatever. If you're trying to wean them off the noise or yourself, if you're like, yeah, I'm tired of having the radio on like all night long for no reason. Yeah. For ourselves, I find that that's a really good option too. For children, however, I do say for it to play all night long. All night. And it's just set just so that when they wake up, that they are really cued right back to sleep. So that mm. you're not going back in there to help them go back to sleep. It really does help them um, put their cycles, sleep cycles together. Are you allowed for baby safety? This is like a, some kind of wall. Well, I guess you maybe not because of the airflow. I'm just thinking, I'm looking at my own house. I'm thinking, man, there's always a street lamp and there's always ambient light. So to get a dark room, you need to, have to black out a window or put something around the crib. But then you got to worry about like suffocating it and not yeah. having enough airflow. <laughs> Probably around the crib is not the best option. <laughs> Just safety pin it on. <laughs> the hose coming out. Yeah, I would think um, at covering the window is the best way. Like <laughs> I tell clients to even if they're strapped and desperate for something right away, like tin foil works like a dream. It kind of looks a little, you know, ghetto from the outside, but that's that it really it works like a dream. It blocks it out really, really well. Okay. No, that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's good advice. And if the kid, Hey, do you think that having a baby in your room is a good idea for a little while? Well, like the recommendation is not in your bed, not in your bed, no. but room sharing up to six months is what the recommendation is Okay. Um, for six months. And that's just for SIDS is really that recommendation. However, I always recommend if parents are comfortable with it around that three to four month mark, start moving them into their own room just because that I find that mo- both parties will actually sleep better with baby out. The babies make a lot of noise when they sleep. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like grunting and shifting and moving and you think that they're waking up, but they're not necessarily waking up. And especially as new parents, we're pretty like hypersensitive to all yeah. those noises, right? That I find that even mom and dad will sleep better once they get baby out. But of course it's all personal preference. You can always work on sleep, even with baby sleeping in your room. Just sleep will be better once you get baby out of your room. Okay. What about the swaddling? I'm, all, I'm just picking your brain here. The swaddle thingy, you know, you, and then you rub them out tight. Does that do anything to help them sleep better or is that just kind of like an infant thing? Infant swaddling's for infants for sure. Like they say to stop once they start rolling and that can be as early as like three to four months. Swaddling, 
I wish that I would have done it more as a first time mom now that I realized how great it really is. And you'll hear all the time about how my baby hates to be swaddled. And that actually usually means I need to be swaddled tighter. So it's like the right. But I can't move. And it's like, and dads are usually so good at it. (laughs) They are so good at wrapping that baby up real tight. Don't watch that finger kid. (laughs) (laughs) Those first three months, it's like, it's really, really good. It calms their startle reflex. And that startle reflex is what's waking them a lot throughout, throughout the night and even throughout the day. Yeah, they don't know what's going on. No. I always say like, <laughs> God, these kids are so dumb. I'm like, they're not dumb, Justin. They're just, they don't have any idea what's going on. So like everything's <laughs> brand new. Like you were that kid once. Like cut them some slack. Like it's fine. So Yeah, you should cut them some slack. They're brand yeah. new, you know. I'm, and I'm just kidding, like, but it, you know, you just see kids like run out in front of cars and just like, what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> your parents had to have told you a million <laughs> times to look before you cross the street. But it's like, you know, kids, they just, I thought I saw something shiny. Oh, <laughs> they go get it. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm cutting up today. What are some of the misconceptions about your profession? Well, I've already mentioned it, but I would say the biggest. One is the crying it out. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people hear sleep training and they automatically assume that that means crying it out. Other than that, I think that there's a big misconception that it doesn't work, that I hear a lot of the time, oh, you're just, you're just lucky that you have a good sleeper. And, you know, sometimes that's true. And there is those babies who were born with the ability to sleep on their own, but that is definitely the exception and not the rule that the majority of babies do need to be taught how to sleep independently. It doesn't, and I think that's yeah, like the biggest misconception is that I hear even like one of my past clients just um, updated me. I worked with her and her twins, and she's like, I'm constantly telling moms that we weren't lucky. Like we hired a sleep consultant for a reason because at five months they weren't sleeping at all, and now they sleep like a dream, and they've been sleeping through the night every night. And she'll be, and she says, and still they'll say, no, 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 that wasn't the sleep training. You're just lucky. But you know, sometimes it's, it doesn't even, um, it doesn't even take that much. Sometimes it's just a few changes in like the routine or how you're responding overnight. And you can see some really big changes. That's huge. That's cool. You're virtual. So like you don't, do you have to be together to do this? Or can you do to be a phone and Skype and all this? Yeah. Most of my clients are actually over the phone. That some clients do like me to be going into their home just to see like the sleep environment to make sure that they've got the right things set up. But I would say 95% of my clients are all over the phone. So it's pretty great that I could work with anybody worldwide and help them get their baby to sleep. That's perfect. We'll definitely have to get your email uh, a little later in the show. That way they can easily contact you because that's huge. Do you have like a success rate or how do you rank that if you're, you know, if you're doing a good job teaching the parents how to do this? I always say that if you follow the plan, you'll see success 100%. That, but of course, I'm not there. I'm only telling parents what to do. And as long as, and it really depends on the parent's commitment scale. I always ask them on that initial call what they feel like on a scale from one to 10, how committed they are. And once they're around like that eight to 10, I know that they'll, they'll be willing to follow the plan. If they're anything less than that, it's like, think about it for a bit. And then when you feel more motivated, give me a call again, because the motivation is what's going to drive you to make the changes because in the middle of the night, you're tired. And if you're not motivated, it's not going to happen. Yeah. 
it does take like for little babies, I work with them for two weeks. And then for older children, I work for three. And then of course, like that doesn't mean that it's done at the end of the two weeks. There's sometimes is still a little bit more work you have to do. And you always have to be consistent. And it does take some like a level of motivation and commitment to be able to implement all of the changes and mm-hmm. to stay on track too. Because of course, like babies, you know, like they get sick or you go traveling or, you know, there's always something going on at growth spurt or teething. And those are the situations where you have to go back to the plan sometimes, or you have to continue on with the routine and the motivation or the commitment level doesn't need to just stop at the end of the two weeks. You have to be committed for a lifetime. Yeah. I hear they revert sometimes. You they're, they're going normal and all of a sudden you're like, what, what just happened? And, you, and you're like, Oh, you're growing again or something. And you're like, that's why you're acting out or not sleeping good. And mm-hmm. it's just like a temporary thing. Well, and for babies, like they're always going through something. So if we're always blaming their sleep on something, they'll never, you'll never find the solution because there's always a growth spurt. There's always a, a leap. There's always teeth coming through. There's always a sickness. Like it's just one uh-huh. thing after another with babies. So really just sometimes you just have to jump in and do this with both feet and make the change. Good information. So you have to market of some sort to, to get your name out there and, and to grow. Uh, what's been something that you've done that's definitely successful? I I think really getting out in the community is really the best thing so far. I've really tried to be like, I live in Chestermere, which is just like a a small city outside of Calgary, like right outside. And I've really tried to narrow in into Chestermere, knowing that I really would like to help local moms for sure. That I sometimes find that in Chestermere, we kind of are a little disconnected for some reason, like the mom and the parenting um, part of Chesmere is really not that close. Like mm-hmm. our Facebook mom group, it's kind of sad. It's like 15 posts a week when meanwhile, like the Calgary and, you know, surrounding city ones, they're just like happening all the time. So part of my thing has been trying to get out in the community, going to do little seminars and giving away tips, doing question and answers just to be able to help local moms as much as possible, hoping that it really, of course, people start to realize there's help right here, like that I'm actually in Chestnut and I can help them right here and that we don't have to be so separated and that we can kind of come together a little bit. Is it something that a lot of parents might just go to their doctor and they recommend somebody like yourself or do they just do it themselves? Here, here's a book. Well, the doctor thing is actually kind of one of my obstacles because I find that Many doctors aren't really trained in baby sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I get a lot of doctors just telling patients or or their patients that to to wait it out or the baby will grow out of it. There's not a whole lot of support for moms, I find, in that way. That I've been trying to get in with the doctors here in Chestnut just to be able to pass on my name. And that just to be told that there is options, that you don't have to just wait it out. Because you hear that all the time, like that this shall pass this too shall pass you'll see it on mom boards you'll hear doctors say it and it's like of course that's of course it will but the statistics show that um the one stat that i use is that they say 84 percent of children with sleep issues it's usually three to five years that they'll experience them if you don't make a change it's a long time when really 
when you get onto a plan, it's as little as three to four nights and you've already seen significant results. Okay. I'm thinking out loud here. Have you ever created like a, a flyer top three tips? Here's my info. Try to bring Doc's coffee or something like that and slip them <laughs> the flyer and say, hey, we can mass produce these for you. Just pass them out. You know, right. oh, I'm missing the coffee in that whole thing. You can't go out there empty handed. Come on. I got to talk to you. You're so right. <laughs> no, it's tough, man. As a chiropractor, like we try to do the same thing. We're like, look, the biggest way we could get patients that are qualified is go to the doctor. Well, as a chiropractor, we got a shaky reputation. <laughs> <laughs> so some doctors are they like they understand like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you <laughs> chiropractors are good. Some of them are not even open to it at all. So it's like, okay, how do we personally like that's something that we're trying to do. We try to educate we can help with back pain. We can help with neck pain. And then, try. okay, well, how do we do this? What is the best approach so we don't come off too salesy, but they feel respected, but they also give us the <laughs> referrals. Yeah. And sure. so we're trying to figure it out, too. And one of the best ways is, you know, pharmaceuticals, you know, you got to bring them food. And so you end up, I remember one time it was a, a solid six-month waiting list to get yeah. in. Yeah. Wow. I was like, wow, that's a long time. And the audacity. Oh, you're just with the nurses today. The docs, uh... Ducks left already. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? So that was, you know, but you can't let that stop you. You got to go, all right, that's just one of the many mm-hmm. meetings that I had to do to try to make some headway. But like you said, like, I'm, I would think the OB and all pediatricians appreciate some kind I, of. I think I should definitely put some more effort into that. I yeah. can't go up empty handed. Like, I do have a pretty good, at least I think it is, pretty good looking brochure that's got lots of sleep chips in it. Ah, oh, there you go. So if I bring that along with some donuts and coffee, maybe I'll get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Hey. <laughs> some Panera. Y'all have Panera bread up there? Um, we do do not. Um, we have one coffee shop though that everyone loves. So Tim's. I'm sure you've heard of Tim Hortons. Oh yeah, yeah. For, yeah, that's the we don't have that. So yeah, that's the one y'all like. Yeah, everyone loves it. So I could that's definitely good. find something there. Is it better than the green monster? The Green Monster. Yeah, the Green Monster of America. Starbucks. Starbucks. Um, in my opinion, it is not. I okay. find that, that Tim's is a little bit <laughs> mediocre at best. But okay. Starbucks, their food is terrible. So yeah, I'm not a Starbucks fan. I'm not. I don't like their coffee. I like their atmosphere, but I think their coffee is burnt, and I don't like that. Like, give me a medium roast, please. Really <laughs> <laughs> too. I hate the dark roast. Oh gosh. <laughs> That's all people want. It's like the, it's like the, um, I'm going to have a barbecue. I could create hamburgers or I can go to the store and buy frozen ones that look perfect. That's just lazy. Dark roast to me is just being lazy with your roaster. You're like, yo, crank it up to five minutes. Oh man, I got to finish smoking and come back. I take a shower. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. They can't be over roasted. It's so funny. Like Tim's has a dark roast now and people love it. And to me, that's what it tastes like. It tastes like a cigarette. Like it tastes burned. Yeah. Who's Please don't sue us, guys. It's just an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. They're not listening to my podcast. <laughs> oh, That's we're awesome. Safe. Yeah, we're safe. We're safe. What kind of goals? Do you have like a, a two or a five-year goal that you hope to accomplish with this? You know, I don't necessarily like my goal was to quit my full time job and do this full time. Of course, like I stayed home with my children, uh, my two girls full time. But so I've reached that goal now, but I hope to expand somehow and to just be 
taking on more clients than I already am. Mm -hmm. And really like I kind of waver back and forth of what I would like to do. Like my, I've got a big passion in like just healthy living in general, but I'm really big into fitness. I'm really big into nutrition and somehow I would like to be able to bring them all together. But, but I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen quite yet. Like I, a lot of my social media has got like a little bit of both going on and that's really as far as I've gotten with it. But I love a logical jump. Well, and it's all one big picture. Like I'm passionate about sleep, I think, because I am passionate about just living a healthy life in general, right? Mm -hmm. Have you looked into uh, good exercises for post six months having a baby moms? Like obviously kegels, but like that's that's a, I mean, I'm like, there's more than that. You know what I mean? so it's like i'm wondering if you if there's like a like a boot camp like post baby boot camp or something i'm just kind of like thinking you didn't ask i just my brain goes to these places sometimes <laughs> i'm like that'd be kind of cool i mean to uh whoop you into shape it's healthy like how do you eat the best food so your baby has the best food as well like wow i mean that just well and there is yeah like there's a lot of ways that you could go about it right of yeah. course nutrition is so important when you're pregnant and if and really important after baby as well yeah. Like my sister always says that I should start a boot camp because now my clients are sleeping well. Now they'll have the energy to work out. That's right. So at some point, I'm hoping to be able to integrate them all and really be able to kind of do like a mama sort of all over fitness and healthy living. Yeah. You put the babies in one corner and uh, yeah, and that's the thing. Like I'm just <laughs> babies and we'll this is not the biggest excuse. What am I supposed to do with this baby? You know, I'd go to the gym. I go. They got a they got a daycare at my gym. No, I mean he's gonna get smashed by a late a weight plate. <laughs> if babies are not the most welcome people in weight rooms, I don't think. No. No. Even a small baby, I can imagine that when they do have those fancy gyms that have a daycare, I'm not sure they're like, yo, this kid needs to go away until it's like two. You know, we don't we're not trying to have infants up in here. <laughs> I would assume. Need, like it's a, a lot, lot of liability. Like, yeah. You do see like a lot of those baby and yoga type classes and stuff like that. So those ones are great. No weights involved on those ones. Hey, do y'all, do y'all have the uh, baby swim buildings yet? What do you mean by baby swim? Awesome. Okay. Now, this is not another business idea, but it is a business here in China. <laughs> they got these big tubs. <laughs> They're filled with water. And then they have like a, a flotation device, you know, like for like, you know, and then somehow the flotation device is built for babies, like babies, like three months, six months. And then they, they dip them in the little pool and then they just float around with their head bobbing above the water. <laughs> <laughs> People pay for this. You know, you're really like giving me a flashback. I think I've seen it like an ad for it or something, but I don't think it's here in Canada. It could okay. be. In state, though. I mean, because this is like a, a small, these are small shops too, like. I was, it's so funny to me. It's so funny to me just walking and you see the bunch of little baby bot heads bobbing around. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't drown. They don't freak out or anything. They're just as cool as can be. <laughs> so Babies really liking that. That's a good business idea. Yeah. Let me know the insurance costs on that. Just send me an email. Like, I was really <laughs> curious. <laughs> the liability. <laughs> Hooey. All right. I'm having fun. I hope you're having a good time. Um, Great time. Good. Well, we mentioned this pre-talk. Your husband has a normal job, per se. Mm-hmm. You used to have a normal job. Now you've got an entrepreneurial job. Mm-hmm. And we all like this lab-type lifestyle where we could just mosey on to Hawaii and still work, etc. But the reality is usually we're tied down. You have clients you have to go see or you've got 
eight hours of phone calls per day. So really, it's difficult to do this. So the question is, are you able to take vacation? And if you're not able to take enough, what can you do about that? Vacation, I get, of course, we have the obstacle that my husband does work a regular job. But his job's pretty good. He's got like lots of flexibility and he can do some work from home. So because of that, we are able to take more time off. Like with my previous job, I was working like sporadic shift work Mm -hmm. and it was like no flexibility whatsoever. So now it's, it's, even though our vacation seems limited, it is nothing compared to what we were dealing with before. And I find that working with my clients when I'm on vacation is usually fine. As long as it's not like one of those like straight up, I'm sitting on the beach for seven days type vacations. But those ones are a lot harder if I've got clients, but that's okay. I usually just plan it that I've set a date for two or three weeks before I leave. And those are the last times that I take clients. And then I take the week off and I start taking clients for when I get back. Like we've got a family cabin in Montana in the States and I go there all the time with my family and I take clients while I'm still there. And it really works out great that I find that most of our communication is through email and email, of course, you can get anywhere. And if I have to do a phone call, it's usually not much of an issue. You know, Skype and stuff is really, most people have it now. And being able to talk to people even just through the through their phone or through the computer has really just allowed me to be able to have a much more flexible life than what I had. That's cool. Have you ever done any recorded webinars or hour-long sessions of like teaching it just one time to a camera so you don't have to keep doing it over and over again? I haven't, but that is on my to-do list. Like I'm sure as you know, as an entrepreneur, you know that the to-do list never, ever ends and it just keeps getting longer and longer. But the webinar is my next thing. Like I do a lot of um, seminars just throughout the community and stuff like that, where I like to offer like my seven best tips. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be my first one, especially since I've already got it created. Um, and that's my first thing on the list. And hopefully that gets a little bit of traction. That could be a really good um, lead magnet for like a web page email giveaway. Right. Ooh, what? I'm getting all <laughs> kind of emails for that one. That'd be great. Then you can sell them on your new pacifier, your sleep well pacifier that you invented. Boom. Only nine ninety nine. <laughs> You know, that would really go against my, my sleep practices. Come oh, on. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, what's about pacifiers? Oh, my gosh. I thought everybody was supposed to have a pacifier. That's not good. <laughs> I recommend them at the beginning because, of course, as newborns, a lot of them just need, like, that sucking reflex they want. And if it gives mom a break, too, which is usually really important in the beginning stage. But so right around, like, that sleep training, about that four months or so, I'll pull that pacifier, even though it's, it rocks most parents when I tell them to do it. Yeah. It's kind of sometimes the straw that breaks the camel's back during my consults that it's, it seems no like, yeah, there's no way we're getting rid of that, you know? Well, because that hurts if they go to their thumb, the thumb is what causes roof damage. And when the teeth come in, you end up having braces, but with a passy, at least it doesn't happen. Well, pacifiers have their own set of problems too. Um. That they're usually um, sleep or speech is- issues that usually occur from long use of soothers. But, so what I f- suggest usually is like we'll pull the soother. That doesn't mean that your kid's going to find the thumb. That any research that I've done about it is that there's actually showing like a genetic tr- like that you can pass on that if your kid's going to be a thumb sucker. 
And hmm. if they're going to be a thumb sucker, that even if you give them a pacifier, they'll usually find their thumb anyway. And oh. which I, you know, I always wondered because my husband and his family, like his brother and sister, they were all thumb suckers and both my kids sucked their thumb, but yet there was nobody in my family that did. And I've got four in my family. And I was like, I wonder why that my kids, when I wasn't like, why are they thumb suckers? It turns out that there is showing like some evidence that you can pass it on as a trait. What about nail biting? Nail biting? I don't know. Okay. Nope. I just thought I'd ask since you're doing, re- might've passed an article <laughs> or something. Cause my brother sucked his thumb. Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> I was a nail biter and then I quit. So yeah, nail biting is something a little bit different for sure. Yeah. Kind of gross <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. You know what killed it? Braces. That's what stopped it. I got braces and you really can't bite your nails very good. Or beat sandwiches with braces. <laughs> if you like, you know, if you want to hit on a girl and you got bread in your teeth from lunch, this doesn't go well. No, not really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sandwiches and braces are just not a good combo. They're really not. Oh, braces though. Like every kid has braces now. Like when I was growing up, it was like 50% of us all had them. But right. now I'm like, is it really going to be that big of a deal if my kids... Like, even though, of course, I'm trying to avoid them doing any damage to their mouth with their thumb. But it's like, is it that big of a deal, even if it does happen? Because every kid gets braces now anyway. Yeah. I don't know what to do about that one. We'll have to cross that bridge when they get older. (laughs) Because you never know. Maybe they'll just get a bigger head and it'll fit. And you just don't know. I wonder if it's diet related. I don't know. It could be diet related. Maybe we've been feeding our kids such trash. That they just don't come in good, but if we actually fed them good food that we cook and grow and all that kind of pie in the sky wishes, that uh, maybe they develop a little healthier as they get older. Maybe they won't be so big or mature as fast. You no, know? you're right. There's thirteen and they're already firms that we're getting into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you have any hobbies or volunteering that you enjoy besides well, my, kids? Besides kids. The, like the number one, of course, is like always my fitness, like fitness is definitely like, I love, love my sleep consulting, but I would say fitness is probably my, my true passion. Mm-hmm. That that's something that's, um, what's fitness to you? Fitness to me is like, I love, uh, weight training is really my, my big passion. Nice. I like doing like, and like really tough, like quick cardio. Like, I'm not into, like, the marathon running or anything, like, endurance that way. But, like, I want to go to, you know, like, a 45-minute class with weight training and hit and just be destroyed at the end of the 45 minutes. that person. Yeah. Okay. Go in and go hard and get out. To me, like, it's it's in my schedule and it doesn't get moved. Like, it's really, really important to me. And for volunteer, I don't actually do a lot either than my volunteering my sleep um, seminars. And I am trying to get to like a regular, there's like, I don't know if in China, they've got like parent link centers where they offer like free programs for new parents and even for, you know, not so new parents where you can do, there's like a lot of like play dates or there's, um, lots of different little seminars or little speakers and stuff come in. That's cool. And it's all for free. It's pretty great there. You can sign up for like, um, registered actually programs through it as well. And I'm trying to become like a scheduled speaker with ParentLink here in Chestermere. And I think that'll be great to be able to volunteer a couple hours of my time every week and be able to help parents one-on-one with sleep issues. Yeah, that's marketing right there. That's advertising. That's getting your name out. That's good stuff right there. It's good for both people, right? 
Yeah. It's good for me and it's good for them. I, I hope anyway. I call that a win-win. <laughs> Do you have any issues with this home work-life balance that people talk about? Well, when I started this business, I have to say that I had no idea what I was getting into with an online business. That it is like approximately 45,000 times more work than I ever thought. Like, Yeah, if it, they would have told you how much work it was, you would have never started. No, I don't think I would have. It's good to be like, ignorant. It's, oh, totally. It's so great going in and not knowing what you're getting into because it's it's way more than I ever thought. <laughs> so that's what I do struggle with now is that I find that my downtime, like every time I like turn on the TV, I'm guilty. Like I feel guilt because mm-hmm. I'm like, I've got like 50,000 things on my to-do list. Like I should be creating this email or writing this blog post or setting up this seminar, you know, like it never ends. And now and before, when I was working full time, like once I was off the clock, I was off the clock. I could go home and spend my time doing anything and feel fine. But yeah. now I find Christine that. Christine needs an hour to herself. Yeah. <laughs> and that hour to myself now, especially with kids, like I don't get a lot of time to myself. But I know that that time should be spent on my business because it's my only like me time to really be without distractions. So that's my biggest problem. I'm hoping that I can solve it some way. But I do find that every time I turn that TV on, that I feel guilty for doing mm. it. Well, that sounds like you need to read some blog posts. Listen to a couple <laughs> of podcasts. You'll figure it out. No, I'm the same way. Like I was trying to promote these books and you get tired of doing it. And you watch TV and you're like, okay, well, the last few days have absolutely been <laughs> pointless. I <laughs> got sucked in. And, um, <laughs> I'm just going to let it go. I got to let it go and keep moving. And yeah, yeah, it'll get a, easier. I, it's, you know, it's that's what guilty. I'm hoping. It's like, maybe if once we get more experience, it gets easier or you yeah. get more, but I don't know if it will. I just think that to-do list will just never end. Yeah. Well, it sounds like to me, like you have a, a big plan having to kind of play it out in the patient game right now. Just sort of where does, where do my clients, what do they need? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and being patient with what you develop. So I think that's a cool thing and that you're going to see it happen if as long as you stick with it, which sounds like you are. So I'm I'm excited to see uh, where you end up in the next, I don't know, year, two years, because it could be really, really big. It could be really good. You see people turn around in like 90 days sometimes. You just the right thing comes about and then boom. You're so right. You do see those success stories for sure. And I think it really is. It's just like every day. Just it's the grind, the hustle, right? Yeah. As long as you, I always tell myself, as long as I do something every day, I will eventually get to where I want to be. Yeah. You got a lot, of, you got two kids, you got a husband, you're spending a lot of time doing this business thing. How are you able to find time to make sure y'all are staying connected and feeling the love? Like, that's really good. Like, cause with my previous job, like I had like about four hours a week where I would be able to say that that was family time. Wow. And it was like on a deadline. Like it was like, okay. I got to go to work in, you know, one hour. I got to go to work in half an hour. So that alone has really kind of changed everything for us that I'm not doing that anymore. That the family time that we have now is just substantially more than we ever had. But I think that it's really like about even just eating every single meal together when you're together, like when you have the opportunity, like we eat supper every single night together. And I think that's a really big thing. Like you turn off all the devices, you turn off the TV And you just sit down and you spend that quality time. And especially at the end of the day for kids, like it's such a hard time for most kids at that time 
that they're getting tired, they're cranky from the day, and getting that one-on-one like parental time, I think, is really important as well. But I think it really does just like lead to more, like just connection, like you said. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's a good answer. All right, we got one more question. All right. Any favorite books, podcasts, phone apps that you secretly <laughs> love and some that you just have to share? Podcasts, like my number one podcast is probably um, The Model Health Show. That okay. is like a very well-rounded health podcast. Like I was listening to ATP Science one for the longest time, and that one's like pretty nerdy. And you can't just like have it on in the background. Like I would always listen to it on the way to work because you have to be like pretty – you have to listen in pretty good because it's really sciencey. It's kind of like it's a natural path in that one. And I really like it. But now that I don't really have that commute anymore, I find that something like that's a little bit easier to listen to. And Sean Morrow really does that. Other than that, like probably my Calm app is probably my favorite app that I try to meditate every morning before the kids get up. And it's just even something as quick as like 10 to 12 minutes. And it's definitely something that I'm seeing I can notice a difference. I've had lots of moms tell me that they've noticed a difference in their temperament and stuff throughout the day with their kids if they meditate a little bit in the morning. And I don't think that 10 minutes is asking very much of me and for other moms that we could find that 10 minutes in the morning. So I'll report back if I notice a difference with my kids throughout the day after a few months of doing it. Well, I've only heard nothing but good things about meditation. So it's, it seems like it's going to be a win-win. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. How can people get in touch with you, reach out, et cetera? Of course, like my Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook. I share a lot of sleep tips and I try to go live at least a couple times a month where I do live question and answers. And of course, my Instagram. And then best way really is to email me if you want to set up a consultation. It's the best way. And it's just sleep at christinemccutcheon.com. And it's, it's the easiest way to be able to get in contact with me. Do you remember what your handles are on those social medias? Absolutely. My Facebook is just Christine McCutcheon SC for sleep consultant. And it's the same thing for Instagram. And if people are working out and they can quickly jot down on the, in a, in a, a notepad, <laughs> spell your last name. It's McCutcheon M C C U T C H E O N. It's a long one. There we go. There we I don't go. know about you, but I've been listening and then, I'm like, oh, let me write that down. I write it down because as soon as my podcast goes, it deletes. I'm like, oh, like the other day I had that happen. I was like, what was that? Where was it? And then because I got it wrong too. I got the email wrong and they didn't put the show notes. They'll be in the show notes. And it wasn't in the show notes. I was like, come on, guys. How are you going to say that? Put their website. Like They didn't have any way to contact the guest. I couldn't believe it. So yours will definitely be in the show notes page right there in the app or on the website. Yeah, you, my well, website is great too. Like, and um, I'm really proud of the website I've got. It's pretty, it's pretty nice to look at. I think so. Of course, like getting onto my website is awesome as well. I do a lot of blog posts, or I try to do a lot of blog posts. What's on the there. What's the website? It's christinemccutcheon.com. Boom, simple. Just like that. I like that. <laughs> awesome. Well, you've been a fantastic guest. Hopefully, you've been putting up with my my uh, shenanigans today. And uh, you brought a lot of good information, so I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. That was a great time. I'd like to tell you about a special deal we're doing right now. If you're listening to this months or years from right now, just contact me. Maybe we can still offer this for you. But what it is, the acupuncture no-needle book. We're doing some bonuses. For the same cost of the book, 
Not only do you get a one-hour, one-on-one coaching session, but I will actually throw in the probe and the ear seeds, which I already like to do. But the big thing is you're going to get the electric acupuncture pin for no extra cost. The electric acupuncture pin actually helps you find the acupuncture points that you need to stimulate. And because it's kind of like a muscle stem, but with a special tip, you're going to get far superior results. Definitely go to needlelessacupuncture.net and check that out. Also, uh, the first book, Today's Choices, Tomorrow's Health. You know, we're talking tips from China. We're talking 10 plus years experience as a chiropractor, answering patients' questions day in and day out. Blueprints that I personally use to lose weight, not eat so much, and also keep my finances in order. It's something that I'm passionate about. That's why I wrote the book. It's over 200 pages, 40-something chapters. Uh, Again, offering a bonus for this one as well, a one-on-one coaching call for one hour at no extra cost. We got t-shirts, some uh, different state pride, some chiropractic t-shirts. If you got any ideas, let me know. I can maybe design up something and make it available for everybody. Follow us on uh, social media because there are a lot of sales that go on with these shirts. Let you know if you write a review, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, let me know. Send me an email. And every month, I can raffle off one prize. The prize is to be determined, but we can do that. Also, if you check underneath the resources page on doctorsperspective.net, you'll see all our affiliate links, which we get a little kickback for. And then, of course, on every show note page, we have Amazon links for the books that people have mentioned and any other types of products. So if you click that, Amazon pays us a little bit. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can buy the host a cup of coffee on the PayPal button on the website. And remember, listen, critically think about it, and implement it into your practice. We just went hashtag behind the curtain, and this episode has come to an end. I hope you got the right dose for your optimal life. Please spread the word about this podcast by telling two friends, sharing on social media, and visit the show notes on a doctorsperspective.net to see all the references from today's guest. A sincere thank you in advance. You've been listening to Dr. Justin Trosclair, giving you a doctor's perspective.